Is this the only dog that howls and barks at the same time? Does this dog know as much gossip as Perez Hilton? Is this the hardest breed to housebreak? Why does this guy have a Napoleon complex? Did this dog start the whole designer dog craze? Is this breed the sweetest dog on the planet? Dogs 101 celebrates man's best friend. Today, we focus on designer breeds. You know, those dogs with funny names. The Puggle, the Golden Doodle, the Chowini, the Chorky, the Labradoodle, the Cavachon. They call them designer dogs. Designer dogs, they're all the rage and they're everywhere. You cannot walk down a street in New York City without seeing a Morky, a Chorky, a Puggle, a Golden Doodle, or a Labradoodle. There's Yorkie poos, Shih Tzu poos, lots of poo. I mean, you just add poo on the end and you've got it. Celebrities like Jessica Simpson, Miley Cyrus, and Ashley Judd are drawn to these cuties. The designer dog is an intentional cross between two purebred dogs. But what would you call some of these canine crosses? The mixture of a Yorkie and a Chihuahua would be a Yorkie Chew. A Yorkeraria. Turkey? Chitarrier. A Yorkie Wawa. <laughs> In fact, the names spark some confusion, and they're a little wacky. A Labradoodle. That might be a new hairdo. Get a little swirl up at the top. A Snorky would be the mixture between a Schnauzer and a Yorkie. A snickerdoodle. Designer dogs were designed to blend the best of two dog breeds together. Designer dogs actually began with a specific purpose in mind to create a dog that was low allergy that could also be a service dog. So by crossing Labradors and Poodles, you might get a Labradoodle that has low allergy qualities. By crossing two purebreds, some say you're introducing more genetic diversity. Health-wise, that's a good thing. When you cross two non-related breeds that have different genetic backgrounds, you can get what we call heterosis or hybrid vigor, in which case the animals, uh, their size increases, their health increases, the litter size increases. But much care must be given to choose healthy parents. A mom and dad with defective genes means bad news for the offspring. We're not going to decrease the likelihood of having hip dysplasia just because it's two different breeds. Many of these diseases don't have one gene that causes it. That's where the complexity comes in. For centuries, humans have selected the traits we want in animals and bred them. A horse that could pull heavy loads, a dog that could swim. And that's how our purebred dog breeds were born. People created purebred dogs out of what started off as dogs that were essentially mutts. And what they did is through selective breeding chose those qualities in the dogs or those traits that they most liked and bred for those. Designer dogs are created the same way, at least in theory. In Australia in the 1980s, some breeders wanted a dog with the lovable nature of the Labrador Retriever and the smarts of a poodle. They mated the two breeds and the offspring were called Labradoodles and a fad was born. Listen up. There's a trailblazer in your midst. The Labradoodle is really the designer dog that started it all. And the result is irresistible. They're actually pretty popular these days. 
Jennifer Aniston has one, President Biden has one, and Tiger Woods has two. Labradoodles were created in Australia in the late 1980s by a retired veterinarian. He knew somebody who needed a guide dog who happened to be allergic to dogs. So he mixed a gentle and intelligent dog, a Labrador retriever, with another intelligent and low-shedding dog, a poodle, to create a service dog that would be... A good choice for someone that maybe does have allergies. But they're not hypoallergenic. No dog is, in fact. Labradoodles are simply a better choice for allergy sufferers because they often secrete less dander than other breeds. Today, this designer dog is on the verge of becoming a breed of its own. Here's the reason why. When Labradoodles are bred with other Labradoodles, their litters can retain the main characteristics associated with this easy-to-love pooch. First, their heads tend to be broad, and their eyebrows are usually well-defined. Their coats come in every color, but their hairstyle, well, that's still a bit of a mystery. Because of the Labradoodles cross, you never know what kind of coat you're gonna get. There are three basic coat types. There's hair, which is straighter, fleece, which is wavy, and wool, which is the curliest and the most allergy-friendly. It's this Labradoodle's curly coat that's allowed the Malady family to become first-time dog owners. Something they long thought was impossible because eight-year-old Carter suffers from asthma and allergies. When I have an asthma attack, it is very hard for me to breathe and I itch. I start sneezing. I feel like I will throw up, maybe. Every day, Carter uses a machine called a nebulizer to help him breathe, especially during allergy season. But not once has he ever had a reaction to 10-month-old Fletcher. Carter's able to do all kinds of things with this dog, rolling around, laying on the ground. It's amazing. He can be directly in contact with his fur and not show any signs of asthma symptoms. Curly-coated Fletcher is a second-generation Labradoodle, meaning that he's a cross between a Labradoodle and a Poodle, which ensures even less shedding. Why? Because Poodles have hair, not fur. There is no shedding of this dog, so believe me, that is the most wonderful part of having a Labradoodle. Carter feels the same way. He has a canine playmate that can hang out with him almost everywhere. Better up. Everybody ready? Yeah! During Carter's Little League practice, the 75-pound puppy gets right into the action. No one minds that Fletcher takes the field because he's the mascot, though donning the uniform might take a little more training. Okay, no. Well, it might work like this. Stay, stay. Here we go. But the water is where this Labradoodle really lets his hair down. After all, both Labs and Poodles are water lovers, so it's no surprise that Fletcher is too. When he's tubing with the Malady boys, he's just another kid having fun. Hold on. The invention of this Labradoodle has given him a stress-free buddy he can cuddle with as long as he likes. He's just fun to have around. I just love to relax with him. It's really nice. Who's the best doggy in the world? You are. Labradoodles are versatile in that they can live in small or large spaces. But if they're apartment dwellers, a daily walk around the block just isn't going to cut it. These guys need outlet. They need exercise. They need things to do. 
and they can have some inherited health problems. Hip dysplasia being the biggest, and also they can develop some genetic eye problems as well. But in the grooming department, this adorable pooch that hardly sheds is pretty low maintenance. Just a little brushing, a little bathing, and the dog's going to be happy. Intelligent and eager to please, Labradoodles are easy to train. Just make sure you start early. It's a dog that has a lot of energy and needs a lot of help focusing that energy in the right direction. And whether or not you or a loved one has allergies, Labradoodles make a great addition to the family because they're docile and social. To sum up, Labradoodles can live in most environments as long as they get a lot of exercise. They can suffer from hip dysplasia and some genetic eye problems, but they're easy to groom, easy to train, and make excellent family pets. It's no wonder the Labradoodle is such a popular designer dog. Darling and devoted, these practically perfect pets get their biggest thrills just being with you. It's one of the top three designer dogs. Now, of all the designer dogs, I think the Puggle is one of the cutest. And of course, the name is cute to say, right? Puggle, Puggle. Celebrities like Uma Thurman, Kelly Osborne, Julianne Moore, and James Gandolfini have all had one. That is a cross between a purebred pug and a beagle, hence Puggle. You have that kind of smushy face with the floppy ears. The Puggle was created in the 1980s to be a lovable companion, mixing the warm pug toy breed personality with the unbridled energy of the busy little beagle. When you cross those two, you get a dog that is basically a little tornado. Now, Puggles, even though they have the pug in them, they've got the beagle in them. So they've got an amazing sense of smell. These dogs love to track. If you take them outside to the park, they're going to put their nose down. They're going to sniff everything. And while pugs sometimes like to bark and beagles are known for howling, Puggles do both. And if you're thinking of getting a Puggle, it's important, for health reasons, to be sure to get a pure Puggle, meaning the parents are one Beagle and one Pug. Puggles are traditionally called small lap dogs, weighing between 7 and 30 pounds, if not overfed. The Puggle is a dog that's a really nice size. It's not too tiny, but it's not too big, so it's really portable. As for the Puggle's coat, the Puggles are a short-coated breed. They've got that really tight, short coat of the beagle and the short, tight coat of the pug. So they're very low maintenance. And the coat can be black or multicolored. However, most puggles are fawn with a black-colored facial mask. Look-wise, a puggle looks like a miniature English mastiff. And puggles come with that signature pushed-in face, which, while loved, can come with breathing issues. Another attractive quality, the puggle's unique tail which is a mix of the short, tight, curly spiral that the pug has and the beagle's longer, flailing tail. So they have that thing going on. If it takes a village to raise a child, does it take a couple of neighbors to raise a puggle? This is Jimmy. He's a three-year-old puggle and a pretty lucky dog at that. After all, he not only has one family to love, he has two. Jimmy the dog is a puggle that we share with our, our neighbors, Carrie and Bill Ranta, and their three little boys. Sound a little odd? Well, everyone involved with raising Jimmy thinks it's a great idea. A lot of people, when they hear about dog sharing, they look at me like I have two heads. Then you explain it to them, and they're like, wow, that's a really cool concept. Basically, Jimmy sleeps and eats with the Rantas, and dayside, he goes two doors down and lives with the buns. He has identical 
feeding routines. Typically, you know, the same food gets fed over there as it does here. Neither the Rantas nor the Buns are first-time dog owners. They both previously had dogs, and neither family was ready for the full responsibility. We get along really well, and neither of us has the time to take care of a dog on our own. I had to talk my wife into it because we were having a third child, and, um, you know, that's uh, a lot more work. So he had to come up with a bright idea to convince his wife to say yes. Carrie was aware that she most of the work would fall to her, uh, as indeed, of course, it always does. When Betsy said yes, so did Bill's wife, Carrie. It seemed like just the right answer for us uh, and for them. And so Bill did the research and found Jimmy the Puggle. I needed a dog that was going to be a, uh, you know, a big attitude dog, but come in a small package. The routine is simple. Jimmy sleeps at the Rantas and starts the day with the kids in the morning. Around 7.30 a.m., Jimmy is looking out the window for Betsy, his second mommy, so to speak. Betsy, Jimmy, and the boys all head to the bus stop, making time to play along the way. Every day starts like this, rain or shine. For me, it's like a trip back in time. I ran with my own little boys in that same field, and it's wonderful to be able to do it again. Then Jimmy settles in at the Buns for the afternoon for a little R&R before heading back to the Rantas to close out the day. We can't tell who he loves most. It's peace and quiet here, and it's usually a circus there. I think Jimmy likes to live here because we are fun and he likes us. The only issue the family has had is that little Jimmy is turning into Big Jimmy. He had a, an obesity problem. Uh, <laughs> it could His weight problem could be from the fact that he used to get steak sandwiches and ice cream at night. That came from uh, Betsy's husband, Frank. <laughs> We're not going to go there. He's fat because of me. Don't look at me, I'm innocent. And in case you're wondering what would happen to Jimmy if one family had to move, no worries. Jimmy would permanently stay with the Ranta kids. Carrie and I both say that in our next lives, we're going to come back as Jimmy. Jimmy has the best of both worlds. So Puggles can live anywhere but like to be active, just like Jimmy. As for health, there are issues to watch out for, along with breathing problems. Cute as they are, they, they can have inherited genetic defects, like cherry eye where the third eyelid gland pops out. They can be prone to epilepsy, heart problems. But grooming the Puggle is pretty easy. The only real maintenance thing that they've got going on is, is this... Uh, you know, face washing, wrinkle cleaning business. While puggles are highly intelligent, they can be stubborn, so start training early on. Do they make good pets? Yes, they do. Puggles love to run, they love to play. They're really, really into their owners. (laughs) In general, this dog loves to be active, so young families are ideal. Its short snout and high energy can present breathing problems along with heart issues. As for grooming, it's easy, and training is important but can take some time. So overall, if you're looking for a zippy dog, pick a puggle. It's the itsy bitsy teeny weeny chihuahua, half chihuahua, half dachshund, and adorable. The chihuahua is the Mexican hot dog, right? That's right. Other nicknames include the German Taco, the Weenie Wawa, the Chihuahuashun, and the Choxy. Both the Dachshund and Chihuahua are born burrowers. Put the two together, and you get a dog that'll tunnel under your bed covers. 
They tend to be very expressive. It's one of the charming things about this cross. You better have a good carpet cleaner if you get a Chewini, because both the Chihuahua and the Dachshund are notoriously hard to housebreak. You might have some problems housebreaking this dog. The Chewini was first developed in the late 1990s. Breeders thought adding Chihuahua traits would minimize back problems that Dachshunds are prone to. A longer, lower Chihuahua with what is usually a very, very big voice. They're not a lap dog. They're full of energy. They're full of feist, and they're going to want to express that energy. It's easy to see the dogs that went into the Chihuini. Those big bat-like ears are unmistakably Chihuahua. But unlike the Chihuahua, they don't always stand up straight like a satellite dish. Dachshund fans will recognize the long body and short legs. Tiny and cute with big ears who likes to sunbathe and. That's your Chewini. Chewinis with short, smooth coats are the norm. They're a good choice for people with allergies. Longer-haired Chewinis are not uncommon, though. And coat colors include combinations of brown, black, and white. Just a little package of an adorable dog. And they love to go everywhere with you. That's what drew Cubby and Megan to their Chewini Goo. Now Goo may look like an average Chewini. But on most weekends, Megan and Cubby gear up for long-distance bike rides, and this mild-mannered pooch transforms into the Great Chewini. Who loves to ride? His favorite place is right above our shoulder whenever we're riding. When he taps you on the shoulder, he wants you to go faster. A tap means Goo has the need for speed, but gentle scratches are the way of saying that he needs a break. Goo stays safe and comfortable in a specially made backpack. Goggles protect his eyes from wind. They also make him look pretty cool. Someone told us today that they saw Goo out there riding, and they knew if the dog can do it, that they can do it. Inspiring other riders is important because these rides aren't just for fun. Megan, Cubby, and Goo usually ride to raise money for charity. Today, they're riding the Tour de Cure for diabetes research. Every rider that Goo can convince to keep going means more money raised. There are these great people that are doing all this really fabulous work for all these different causes, and we really just like to help them out as best we can. The trio's favorite charities to support are animal rescue groups. After all, Goo himself wouldn't be here without those rescues. We rescued him from a shelter just over the hill from where we live. We picked him up, and after a few minutes, he warmed up to us a little bit, and we decided he was the one. We'd take him home. It couldn't have been a more perfect match, and just like Megan and Cubby, Goo had an immediate passion for cycling. And when he's on the bike, Goo sticks his ears out, takes in the smells, and enjoys the ride. It's amazing. You would think that, oh, it's just sometimes. It's just when he's in the mood. As soon as we ride, he is like this. The adventures of the great Chewini continue. Cubby and Megan may not have known much about Chewinis before they rescued Goo, but they understand why this is such a sought-after dog. They're sought after because they're fabulous dogs. <laughs> it's hard to imagine what life was like before we had Goo. He's such a joy and such a uh, just happy little thing to have along with you. Goo the Great Chewini might brave the elements on his bike rides, but this dog is probably better suited inside a home. Their yappiness can be an issue in an apartment. Crossing a dachshund and a chihuahua means you're going to have a dog who's going to bark at just about anything that happens. There's almost nothing you can do about it because it is so genetically programmed into both dogs. Training can help head off yappiness. This is generally an easy dog to train, but you must start early. An adult Chewini that's never been socialized 
will totally freak out. The Chihuini has unfortunately inherited a number of health problems. Like the Chihuahua, the Chihuini has a small stomach and can suffer from hypoglycemia or imbalances in blood sugar. The Chihuini's dachshund parent also makes it susceptible to degenerative disc disease. This disorder causes the degeneration of the outer disc of the back. The disc is then at risk to rupture and can cause serious injury, paralysis, or worse. So watch out for jumping stairs and exercises that overly stress the spine, especially sort of in midlife. Chihuinis have minimal grooming needs. Even on the long-haired variety, their coats aren't so furry that they require a tremendous amount of brushing. Chihuinis do better with small families and often bond strongly with one or two people. Small children definitely need to be supervised around this dog. It could fit into a family, but it, it wouldn't be my first choice um, for a family dog. In general, the Chihuini is more of an indoor dog. There are several health concerns to look out for, most notably back issues and low blood sugar that can lead to more serious problems. It's an easy dog to groom. Early training is a must to make this dog less yappy. Chihuinis do best with a single person or small family. And they love to be with you, no matter where you go. He makes everyone smile and laugh. When you see a golden doodle, you think happy, fluffy, energetic. Could this be the perfect pet? Even the Obamas considered having one. They are very, very popular, and I think that really comes down to the cuteness factor. It's one of the hot dogs of the new designer dog pack, the Golden Doodle, or as they're sometimes affectionately called, Dudes, Golden Poos, Goldie Poos, or Groodles. The Golden Doodle was developed in the mid-1990s and is a mix of two of America's most popular dog breeds, the Golden Retriever and the Poodle. If you want to have that amazing Golden Retriever personality, but you don't want all that grooming and all the hair, this is a good dog. They have the smarts of a poodle and the lovable behavior of the Golden Retriever. And these dogs love to be active, so it's important to give them toys to keep them busy. Breeders originally hoped Golden Doodles would be good for allergy sufferers. After all, the poodle part of the Golden Doodle doesn't shed, but it didn't work out that way. It's not the shedding that causes the allergy. Allergy comes from a particular protein that is shed from the dog's skin. And of course, all dogs have skin, whether they shed hair or they don't. However, Golden Doodles do have less skin dander than a lot of dogs. The Golden Doodle's coat is one of its most appealing physical features, but not all Golden Doodles have the same kind of coat. So the Golden Doodle can have a coat like a Golden Retriever, very flat, or they can have kind of a wavy little coat, which is a combination between the Poodle and the Golden Retriever, or they can have the tightly curled Poodle coat. And these dogs can come in a variety of colors. Most Golden Doodles are medium-sized, ranging between a standard Poodle and a Golden Retriever with males weighing 50 to 80 pounds. But there is a mini version produced when the retriever is bred with a toy or miniature poodle. This is Teddy Hilton. And he's a mini golden doodle. His name sounds kind of famous, right? Well, Teddy was sort of born a Hilton. As for his master, Perez, he was born Mario Lavendero. But everyone knows him as famed Hollywood gossip monger Perez Hilton. No relation to Paris. Hello, I'm Perez, and this is my roommate, Teddy Hilton. Let's go. 
Daily, Perez Hilton and Teddy hang side by side in this Los Angeles apartment, while Perez dishes Hollywood dirt on the internet to over 7 million hungry fans. Occasionally, Teddy wags his tail right onto Perez's gossip page. Teddy Hilton is very spoiled because I'm home all the time, so I give him tons of affection. But when Teddy isn't being photographed or going out on the town, he anxiously waits for Perez to open his hidden doggy closet. I don't use the dishwasher ever, so all of his gifts and the like go in here. Really cute little outfits, designer stuff. I normally don't like to dress Teddy in clothes because I think it's kind of lame. But every once in a while, it's cute. Perez calls himself the queen of all media. He calls his dog Teddy the prince of all media. Everybody always loves Teddy Hilton. He is an A-list dog. He's been on the cover of doggy magazines. He's been photographed by some of the best doggy photographers on the planet. I would say that Teddy Hilton maybe is a bigger star than I am. So how did Perez find Teddy? I did an online search and I typed in three keywords, small, cute, and smart. And this breed of dog was the first search result that came up. And what about the name? I was like, oh, they look like little teddy bears. And while we all know golden doodles are in style, Perez says he didn't get a mini golden doodle just because it was cool. I didn't get a golden doodle because it was hip or designer. I got it just because they're cute, really. And I'm shallow and superficial. As for other designer dogs, well, Perez says they can't compare to Teddy. Teddy, have you heard of Chewinis before? I haven't, but they kind of sound like something you'd eat. Mini Golden Doodle has the word mini in it. How could you not love anything that's mini? Say bye. Bye. Golden Doodles are best in homes with lots of room and a mini golden doodle will work well in an apartment setting. These dogs can live about 15 years, but they can suffer from hip dysplasia. The golden doodles do have inherited health problems. You want to make sure that you get a first-generation golden doodle where you have a purebred golden retriever bred with a purebred poodle. As for grooming, yep, they need it. The golden doodle's coat can be very thick, so it can sometimes take up to two hours to blow dry the dog's coat. And because poodles and golden retrievers have both been in the top five for most trainable dogs, golden doodles too are very trainable. And these loving, loyal dogs make wonderful family pets. Both the breeds they come from are great with children. And so golden doodles are happiest living where they can run. They live to be about 15 years old, but do get hip dysplasia. Grooming is important and can take time. As for training, they're smart dogs, so it's fairly easy. As for being a great pet, Golden Doodles are. Good girl. This brachycephalic designer dog is called the Bug, but which breeds combine to create it? It's a cross between the Boston Terrier and the Pug. This cutie will win you over with its nonstop bounciness. The Cavachon is a heartbreaker. It would be hard to resist this curly-coated cutie. That's a very cute dog. Did you knit it yourself? The Cavachon is a cross between a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and the Bichon Frise. The Cavalier King Charles is a really uh, nice dog, a lap dog. 
The Bichon Frise brings its people skills to the table, making the Cavachon a very friendly pooch. They definitely have a very sweet face that matches their demeanor. While this dog is building in popularity, it remains rare. Compared to the Labrador, who had 30,000 litters, only 51 Cavachon litters were registered in 2008. That's 600 times more Labradors than Cavachons. The first litter of Cavachons arose from a happy accident when a champion Cavalier King Charles mated with a Bichon Frise in 1996, resulting in small and sturdy lap dogs that weigh from 10 to 20 pounds. One of the most charming things about the Cavachon are their eyes. They have these huge, sweet, pleading eyes that you see in both the Cavalier and the Bichon. The Cavalier lends the Cavachon its long, floppy ears and silky coat. The Cavachon's fur can vary from wavy to curly and come in black, tan, and sable as well. The most common coloration is white with apricot patches. And the Bichon brings the low dander, low shed fur, making it and its Cavachon offspring a favorite for families with allergies. But it's the coat that may keep the Cavachon a first-generation hybrid forever. Some breeders have found that second-generation Cavachons lose their low-shed properties. The combination of low allergens and a charming demeanor make the Cavachon welcome just about anywhere. Meet Sophie. This cute Cavachon participates in the Read Program, where children read aloud to dogs. Jennifer Pissara supervises the program. The Read Program is a great program where we have a trainer who has a dog and they come into the library and let children read to them. Today, Sophie and her owner, John Barrows, are visiting the Rockville Public Library. Sophie is a very loving dog. She loves people. She's also very, very calm. And I think I'm a lucky owner. She's a great dog. John begins this session with a book he wrote that tells the story of Sophie's life. It allows the children to warm up and get comfortable with reading aloud. My name is Sophie. I was born in March, March 2002. I, I was very cute as a little puppy. Reading to the dogs has been very helpful in that the children are able to read in a non-evaluative way. Nobody is critiquing them or criticizing them. When he was younger, Evan had tubes placed in his ears to combat ear infections but the tubes made hearing word pronunciations difficult. I am called a cavachon, cav which is... Sophie cuddles up, and she and John become a calm and attentive audience. Sophie has done wonders for the kids. Sophie's very calm and very quiet. Um, having a companion right next to you at your feet is just very soothing and very comforting. Being the dog says it helps me more because I like dogs a lot, and I like, like reading to them, and sometimes I play with them. And the program is a hit. The children's reading scores have improved, and there is a waiting list of children who want to participate. The children's test scores have improved, their reading levels have improved, and parents have made comments to me about the excitement that the children have toward reading now. Sophie is a special incentive to visit the library. Cavachons can make wonderful companions because they are eager to please, but there are things to watch out for when training your Cavachon. 
They tend to be dogs with very soft temperaments, and that means that you want to avoid any potential fear issues by getting them used to as many people, places, and things as possible at a young age. Like other mixed breeds, the Cavachon may have inherited diseases found in its parent. In this case, screening for eye problems and heart disease are necessary, as well as keeping an eye on the long drop ears for potential infection. But the Cavachon in general has a stellar personality, making it a welcome part of any household. Now this, of course, is going to be a superb family dog. If you're not a fan of grooming, this may not be the pup for you. Now because they have the Bichon in them and the Cavalier, which has a constantly growing coat, they do require a lot of grooming. They need daily brushing and they're going to need trimming at least once a month. While the Cavachon beauty routine may be involved, their space requirements are minimal. The Cavachon would be a very good apartment dog because they're not very yappy and it's very easygoing and they're just adorable. Every dog is different, but in general, the Cavachon thrives in apartment living. There are a number of genetic diseases to watch out for, as well as ear infections. The Cavachon require frequent comb-outs and trimming. Start training early, they benefit from that early socialization. In general, this hybrid works well in any family. There is something about them that just draws people in. The Chorky, 50% Chihuahua, 50% Yorkshire Terrier, 100% unique. Each Chorky can take multiple characteristics of its parents. Because the Chorky can have either a shorter coat or a longer coat like the Yorkie, you can have so many different coat lengths and colors. And of course, they're small. Tilly, the smallest dog in England, weighs just over one pound and is a Chorky. When you put the traits of the Yorkshire Terrier and the Chihuahua together, you get a dog that is tenacity times 10. A dog who absolutely has, in most cases, a Napoleon complex. Chorkies started popping up in the 90s, and its small size makes it the perfect apartment dog. Chorkies are probably most popular in urban areas. They are oftentimes very good apartment dogs, except for that little barking issue. That's right, Chorkies like to bark, or more accurately, yap. They've got the loud nature of both breeds. Chihuahuas and Yorkies are both very, very yappy dogs. But their fiery nature makes them great watchdogs. For a little tiny dog, they are more ferocious and fierce than a pit bull. One distinctive characteristic of the Chorky, its expressive eyes. They have um, very expressive eyes that have a really distinct black lining around them, which gives them a very sympathetic and endearing quality. Chorkies also have a very rounded skull. Like the Chihuahua, the Chorky is sometimes born with a soft spot called a malera on its skull. It fills in over time, but great care must be taken when they are puppies to protect their heads. The Chorky usually has the very big ears of the Chihuahua while some have half-brick ears, ears that stand up to the tip, then flop over. The Chorky's diminutive stature, combined with their tenacious nature, can make socialization hard, as Ashi Webster found out. Ashi rescued her dog, Remy. He had kidney failure and was afraid of everything. When I found out that they said, you know, he probably won't make it through this, I, I cried. I think I cried for three weeks straight. But Ashi refused to give up. 
After many vet visits and a new diet, the kidneys finally recovered. But Remy's mental state was still an issue. He would hide in the corner. He would hide under the bed. If I opened up a can of soda, he would run away. Ashi decided to take Remy to a socialization class, supervised playtime with other dogs of all sizes. Ashi was worried about Remy among the larger dogs in the group. I was uncomfortable with the whole situation. He then became really uncomfortable. So Ashi took matters into her own hands. She found a solution that helped not only her little Chorky, but over a thousand dogs and their owners. Ashi Webster's rescued Chorky was scared of almost everything. She tried a doggy socialization class, but little Remy was afraid of the big dogs. Her solution? Creating her own socialization class. She called it Dogs and Drinks. The dogs had to be 15 pounds and under. The drinks get the party going. When humans get a little social lubricant in them, they relax. And when they relax, the dogs relax. It was just what Remy needed. At the first event, he started coming out of his shell. It was a beautiful thing. It's like watching a kid first learn to walk. Remy was not the only thing to grow. Soon, dogs and drinks became so big, Ashi had to find another location to accommodate a growing crowd. We've only been around now for about a year, and in that time, we have a little over 1,000 members. Remy greets all the dogs as they come to the event and even gets the shy dogs to participate. Oh, Remy's delightful. He's such a great social ambassador. You're such a good boy, Remy. Such a good boy. Remy and Ashi have been together for 18 months now. His health is restored, and he's much happier. And when you ask Ashi what life would be like without her best friend... Lonely. He's like a boyfriend and a child wrapped up in a package that will never talk back to you. <laughs> Chorkies are great companions, but may not be the right dog for families with small children because of their tenacious nature. But its small size makes it the perfect apartment dog. Chorkies are usually fairly easy to train. They want to please their owners. However, they can be a bit difficult to housebreak. That's the Yorkshire Terrier in them. It's also important to groom your Chorky every few days to prevent the coat from matting. But beware. Start grooming your Chorky when it is a baby because as tiny as they are, trying to get a comb through a Chorky who is um, trying to bite it in your hands is no fun at all. Yorkies are usually healthy dogs, but they can inherit some of the genetic diseases of the Yorkshire Terrier and the Chihuahua. So it's important that your breeder has done genetic testing for potential problems. Not all Chorkies are the same, but in general, they make good apartment dogs. They're healthy, but watch for genetic issues. Chorkies are easy to groom, but do it often. Training these smart dogs can be fun, but their small size means they're not great dogs for small children. So to recap, designer dogs are an intentional cross between two different purebred dogs. And the Labradoodle was the dog that started it all. Originally bred in Australia, this cross combines the loyalty of the lab with the low-shedding coat of the poodle. While the Chorky is a mix of two of the smallest dog breeds, the Chihuahua and the Yorkshire Terrier, 
These dogs boast a big dog attitude and come in a huge variety of colors and coat lengths. The Golden Doodle is another poodle mix with genes from the Golden Retriever. It's a great companion dog that may be good for those with allergies. Perez Hilton has one and he swears by it. The Chewini may be a little yappy and hard to housebreak, but this combination of Dachshund and Chihuahua makes a great pet for older families. Cavachon is a cross between a Bichon Frise and a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. It's an easygoing and easy-to-train mix with long, floppy ears and puppy dog eyes. The Puggle is a zippy little dog with the energy of a beagle and the friendliness of the pug. And it could be the only dog that both howls and barks at the same time. Remember, each dog is an individual and may not conform to breed standards. If you're adopting a dog, do your homework and check out PetFinder.com to search for specific dogs near you. Choose your next best friend wisely.